Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Blair, wife, mother of three, author of Holistic Wealth, and founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. The show will showcase various experts in the key pillars of holistic wealth. Each week, we deliver the best information on how to become holistically wealthy and live your best life. Today, we have a very special guest, Jamila Sufran. And Jamila is a podcast host, blogger, money coach, wife, mother of three, and the founder of Journey to Launch. And I was just recently on her podcast, which was amazing. So I'm glad to have her here. Jamila, welcome to the show. Hi, Keisha. Thanks for having me on. Great. It's great to have you here. And so I listened to your most recent episode of your podcast, your solo episode. You talked about a lot of issues, which I think are wrapped up in the whole holistic wealth philosophy as well, in terms of how we spend our money hoarding versus being intentional about actually enjoying our lives and living intentionally and all of that. So I just wanted to get started with your personal money journey first, your journey to financial independence and, you know, what that was like for you. I know you left your corporate job to start your own business. So can you just walk us through kind of what you were thinking at that time and why you embraced this whole journey. Yeah. So for me, I always like to say we're always on a financial journey, whether we know it or not, like because we need money to live in this society, in this capitalistic world, whether you like it or not in the system, you need money to to have a certain type of life. And so while I may not have always been intentional in certain areas of my money, I came to realize how important it was for me to be more intentional, to start thinking about wealth and having more options once I started to have kids. So I am an immigrant from Jamaica, similar to you, but I landed here in Brooklyn, New York, um, not Canada. And my mom, you know, she's an inspiration for me because she had me at 20 years old. She was a single mom and she came to this country with really nothing. And I saw how hard she worked and my grandmother worked and you know, they eventually built a life for themselves. And so I've always been conscious of money in a way. I wasn't, you know, a super spender. We didn't have a lot of extra, but my mom did the best with what she had. And so I was always in a class like gymnastics or swimming, or she always took me to the museum or library. So she poured into me as much as she could. So knowing that I grew up with this realization that I wanted to have money. I just didn't know how I would get money. Like I knew that maybe I should go to school and get a college education because that was very important. But when it came time to pick my major, I was like, okay, I guess business management because I guess that's where you make money, but I didn't know. And so I kind of went through my early 20s. I got a corporate job. I checked all the boxes. I had bought a condo also really early at like about 22 years old. And I was living life, still had these ambitions to become rich or at least have money, but I just didn't know how to get there. And I found myself stuck in kind of like this corporate world where well, I want to have money and I want a certain lifestyle, but I don't know how to get that unless I marry rich or I win the lottery. And by then I was already dating my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, but you know, he didn't come from money. So I was like, well, I have to figure out something else. And eventually I just thought to myself, well, maybe this dream that you have of being wealthy one day is just not like, just be okay with your job. You have a decent job. It's in a field that you enjoy for the most part. And I kind of just like push my dreams away in terms of being free and like not having to be in a cubicle. And when I started having kids, I I was pregnant and I had this long commute. And I remember I was 31, I think at the time, pregnant with my first son. And that was the first time I realized on my long commute because it was like such bad 
traffic one day. I mean, all the days were just miserable being that pregnant. And I was like, no, 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 this can't be my life forever. Like I need more options. And if I stay on this path, this is what my life will be. And I wanted to have more kids. And I just started to get all these feelings back of wanting to be free. And that's what led me to Google. How do I quit my job? How do I retire early? All these like catchphrases. And then I found blogs and podcasts that talked about people saving and investing their way to wealth and financial independence and being able to leave their jobs. And once I found that this world existed, I was like, I want more of that. How do I implement that in our lives as a family? And so I came home, there was a lot of conversations and it took time, but we eventually got on board with that kind of journey, started to save and invest more. And then it was through that, that journey to launch was became the podcast that you were on was born because I was sharing my journey, which then allowed me to quit my job. So that's a lot of a backstory in like a couple, in a few, you know, uh, paragraphs. But ultimately what led me to want freedom is as I was starting to expand my family, I knew that I didn't want to be stuck in a commute or a job that I hated and I needed to find more options. And that's what led me to being more intentional with my money and my journey. Yeah, no, for sure. I can definitely see that. And so Jamila, can you tell us what you did to transition out of that job and what you did like practically, you know, in terms of setting aside and and dealing with the money aspect of leaving the job to transitioning to the business. Like, was there like a certain income goal that you would have to hit then to, to transition? Did you say to yourself, well, okay, once the business starts earning X, I know I can leave. What was that like? So, okay, this is why, I think no matter where someone is listening or watching this and hearing this, like it matters what happens before, but don't be upset at yourself if you've made mistakes. So I want to say I wasn't unintentionally walking on this path of financial independence from like the day I was born in a way. But when I consciously decided to get on the path, meaning I heard podcasts, read blogs, I heard about people saving half their income and investing aggressively over time. My husband and I, we sat down and we said, okay, how much can we invest and save so that I could quit my job by 40 years old? So that was like the goal that I set for myself. And so it wasn't retiring forever. It was just retiring for my corporate job. And technically, like I wouldn't have to work if I didn't want to, but we'd be able to survive off of my husband's income. So that's important to note because I did have a spouse that was working and then our investments, right? But with that came in the beginning years of the journey that we were intentionally on it, we were able to save and invest a lot of money. So in fact, the first two years we started, we saved and invested $169,000. So I started to chronicle that. And also the reason we were able to save that much was because together we did earn a lot of money. So I always like to say like how much I save and invest, you know, it's going to be different based on who you are, your circumstances. So I worked in corporate America Um, I had great bonuses and my husband was a teacher. So we maximized our income as much as we could. And then we like diverted a lot of it into retirement investment accounts and taxable accounts. Now, when I started to get this itch, like, wait a second. So I think I was about two years in or two or three years into having the blog journey to launch and realizing that, wait a second, this is hard. Like I started to have more kids. So I think by then I was on my second kid by the time the podcast came about. And I got serious about, or the blog came out where I got serious about sharing my journey. And I said to myself, wait, like, I don't want to wait another four or five years to like work in this job, have this crazy commute. And then I'm having kids like, there's no way I can do all this. So then our plan switched a bit because I was like, there's no way I can handle this all and keep going until I'm 40 years old. So how can we make this dream of me being free happen earlier without the, the millions of dollars in the bank or saved? So we diverted and changed our strategy from investing in investment accounts 
through saving like a FU fund. So like a large like chunk of cash now we started to build up because my goal at that point was to leave corporate America and to do Journey to Launch full time. Now, I will say Journey to Launch was not making money like it was hardly making any money, but I saw the potential like so I didn't blindly just leave and not understand what, what could be possible. But I had been in the industry a bit and I started to see what was possible for other people and what was possible for me. And so that gave me the confidence that if I did the right things, I could build Journey to Launch into a business that was profitable, that at least earned me as, as much money as my corporate job. You know, and maybe it didn't need to earn as much, but I would be, have some autonomy and I have some freedom. So we saved up for the next two years. So about a year and a half, actually. So instead of investing in the retirement account, when I found out I was pregnant with my third, so now we're on my third kid, <laughs> I said to myself, I'm, we're going to invest and save this money. So when I quit my job, I'll quit after maternity leave. so I don't have to go back. And then the money in this FU fund, we will use to help supplement my husband's income because his income did not cover all of our expenses. So it's almost, it was acting like, you know, the second paycheck of the savings that was coming into the household. And I said, in two years, if I can't start earning money and Journey to Launch can't be profitable, by then the money would have, you know, maybe ran out, but then I'd have to go back and get a job. And so that was kind of like the deal we made and I made with myself. But it allowed me for those two years to not be pressured into like taking things for the business or doing things that like it wasn't in alignment to make money. And that made me feel more comfortable with eventually like doing the things that felt good. And I would say the first year, like, you know, wasn't making a lot. And then after a certain amount of time, started to build the business more and make money. And so it was very helpful thinking through and having a backup plan in case this didn't work. So that always helped me feel a little bit secure. And so I know blogging can be difficult in terms of like earning from it, as you said, like in the first year, even first couple of years. So what was it like for you, Jamal, in terms of like having the blog, then having the podcast? Would you say then that it was because the blogging took off in a way that allowed you to? In the beginning, like I didn't make money off of my blog. I still don't make money off of my website. Like I know a lot of people who have like very optimized blogs and display ads and they make thousands a month. Like my website is not like that. It's very pretty, but the website does not make money. Uh, what I did realize though, and this is the beauty of the internet and meeting people like virtually, because I started to get into this personal finance creator space. I started to share my story via the blog at first, but then I eventually did a podcast and the podcast became my main source of information where I was disseminating information. So I was sharing my journey and what I was doing to save and invest and how I quit my job. And then I was also interviewing and sharing other people's stories and interviewing experts. So Journey to Launch then became like this media platform where I knew that I could leverage it, like in terms of if I can grow Journey to Launch to like have an audience base that cares about what I do, that it's help what I'm doing is helpful to them. Then at some point I could monetize that if I wanted to sell products or do coaching, which in the beginning I did coaching, like one-on-one -on -one and group coaching. And I can also leverage the uh, attention of the viewers and podcast listeners with brand partnerships and podcast sponsorships. And I also, um, at some point along the path, I did get an agent, so like a brand partnership agent. And I just knew from seeing other people in the industry who had the same agent, how much money was possible that could be made. And I'm the kind of person, it, I think if someone else can do it, I can do it too. And so I was like, oh, if this person just said they made $100,000 off for a brand deal, I think I can do that, right? And so that was my mentality. And that kind of stuff started to happen. But it, it, it really took 
building the foundation of Journey to Launch and building like a brand and putting out consistent work that was quality that helped lead me to that. So that's really kind of like where we were and where we are kind of now today. So Jamila, as I said, like I listened to your latest episode and I thought it was um, a really good one. And especially for the times we're in now with COVID and the pandemic and this high inflation period. And I know people, you know, are looking for ways of coping and they're looking for ways of maximizing their resources and what they have. And for most people, sometimes, you know, like it can be just like, well, how do I prioritize? How do I? cope in this period. And so I just wanted to ask you two as a money expert, what your advice would be for those people who are, yeah, they're on the journey and they have that goal. They might not be there yet, but they're just still trying to cope with kind of the times we're in and making their money decisions on a day-to-day basis, given the high prices that we have and the uncertainty with the climate. Would you have any advice for those people in terms of juggling day-to-day and their money decision? So it's really important to give yourself grace for wherever you are on this path. Uh, And we can all be at so many different points. And so just because I was able to do what I did, you know, it doesn't mean like if you're not doing this, if you weren't able to save half your income or quit your job yet, that you're behind. Everyone is just running their own race. And it's really important that you leverage the tools that you have. And so while I definitely started out with an advantage, like, so I like to say some people may not really resonate or they don't, you know, they may look at me and say, well, your mom, like you had a supportive mother that lets you stay home, like rent free while you save money up to buy the condo. She did gift me like um, the first 10% portion. She gave me um, some money towards that. And I will never deny like that kind of help and privilege. Like it's been helpful to me. Right. But then I think back on like where she came from, like, again, single mom, 20 years old from Jamaica, how she built herself to be in that position to do that, you know? So even if you can't relate to me because I had some privileges, like I look at my mom and say, well, you know, she started way behind and was able to do something. And so my point is, it's really important to work with what you have and to recognize where you do have advantages and what can help you. And you're not going to always leapfrog ahead on the journey. So, you know, if you are in a lot of debt now, like the goal can't necessarily be, I'm going to get out of debt in three months. You have to make peace with how slow sometimes the process takes. But what I love is like similar to working out. Like sometimes if you're working out or doing something, you don't see the physical results right away, but change is happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, at one, one day you look up and you do see the change and then things start to snowball and, and start to um, compound, right? I think our habits and our mindset and our money compounds over time. So whatever it is that you're working on, even if it's small, even if it's paying off debt or saving, that if you keep with it, even if it's small amounts because your attention is tied or pulled in other places, that that pays off eventually. And so to give yourself grace with that, be okay with how slow the process can take. And then also understand that just because you're sacrificing something today does not mean you have to do that forever. So there are things that I did in the beginning of the journey where I'm not doing anymore. So maybe we were more conscious of how much we went out to eat and we had budgets around that and we didn't travel. And it was really all about saving and investing so that I could quit my job. But now that we are in a position to spend more money, to enjoy our life a little bit more because we are on pace to reach our goals, we can splurge a little bit more. So you may be in a position where you are focused on paying off debt. So you got to maybe put a, a line item in about, you know, going out with friends. But it doesn't have to be like that forever. Like one day you can do more. So just don't think that your current situation is your permanent situation. 
And hopefully that helps give you motivation to say, all right, this is just an interim place I'm in so that I can get to the ultimate place I want to be. As you're talking, I'm thinking about the holistic wealth mindset. Like that's so in line, you know, with making decisions and thinking about things, you know, not in terms of your situation, but knowing that this is temporary, like it, it will not be like this in the future. You're making those sacrifices now as deposits to that long-term lifestyle that you want to have. And Jamila, you mentioned to the different stages. I don't remember how you, you said it, but it was like the different stages of financial independence. And I wanted to ask you about that because when you were talking a while ago, I, I heard some of that coming through and I just wanted to get the listeners aware of kind of your stages around the different aspects of financial independence. So if you could just quickly walk us through that. Sure. So one of the things that I discovered when I found out about financial independence is the technical definition in the terms when I say it and in the FIRE movement, you know, um, financial independence, retire early movement is having enough money, having enough money invested in a way in which you don't have to work actively again, because the money from your accounts are paying for your lifestyle, your expenses. And so that will depend on how much money you need, right, to live. People who need less will then need less money ultimately than to be considered financially independent in this aspect. And that sounded great. And most people want that. Like, who doesn't want to, like, think one day they can have all the money they ever need and then not have to work again if they don't want to? But what was happening was when I would talk about it or even like explain it to other people who were new, like it just seemed like, yeah, that's great. But I am so far from that. Like I'm not encouraged to start or keep going because I have X amount of debt and nowhere close to having a million dollars or whatever the number is that you come up with. And so I broke down reaching financial independence in stages because I felt like that made it more accessible and makes you see that, you know, each stage matters. Each stage is a win. And so the first stage is financial, getting to a financial stable place. So financial stability, I call it the explorer stage. So it's kind of in line with my um, content and my brand, but it really means like you maybe are at the point where you're not able to pay for all your expenses and debt payments with your income. So you're a little bit in the red and you kind of feel unstable. And so you have to get to a place of stability, meaning at least you can, you can at least pay for your living expenses and be on solid ground. So that's stage one. And by the way, these stages, like depending on where you are with your income and expenses, it can take you a while to move through each stage. So stage one is just getting stable. If you can pay for your expenses, which include like debt payments. Stage two is what I call the cadet stage is getting consumer debt free. So a lot of people are in this stage now, maybe you know they have credit card debt, car loans. And I don't usually include student loans and mortgage in this because for some people, like that's a huge amount that would take them forever before like they consider themselves debt free. So this is mostly consumer debt. So then, so once you're consumer debt free, so out of the cadet stage, you can move forward to financial security. So I was more in the financial secure stage. The, I was like in the cadet slash financial secure stage, like as I was on the journey when I first started, because we finished paying off our debt. Then we started to like invest money. That's when I said we invested the $169,000. We were becoming more secure and saving and investing towards our future. So in this stage, it, we were hyper-focused on saving and investing. And the next stage after that, once you get to a certain point, and that's going to be based on what you consider uh, secure, you can move to what I call the work flexible stage. So the commander stage, that's the stage I'm currently in. So it's the stage that says, most of your debt is paid off. If you do have debt, it's strategic debt, right? Like, so if I'm, I'm I use my credit cards all the time just for points, but I pay it off every month. I still have um, a mortgage. But other than that, like I have flexibility where I could take a break from work if I wanted to. Like we have enough saved, we have enough cushion where I have flexibility. 
And I do think that everyone can get to at least this stage. So it doesn't mean you never have to work again, but you have some flexibility and options around what you do for work and the breaks you can take. And then ultimately stage five is the captain stage. That's financial independence. That is the stage where you never have to work again if you don't want to, because your investments are covering your expenses and lifestyle. And again, each stage takes, it's going to be a different amount of time depending on your starting point and the advantages that you have. But understanding that each stage, even within the stages, it's wins, right? Like if you're paying off debt or credit card, like, you know, you're moving up the ranks. And I wanted to break it down in that way. So people felt more encouraged on their journey. And like, even for me, like I'm not financially independent, but I, my life has transformed so much by starting this journey where I can be, you know, talking to you in the middle of the day on a podcast before I pick up my kids, instead of being at a job I did not love. So this is possible if you start the journey, no matter what stage. And I love breaking it down and sharing that. So I think that's useful. And I think it's very helpful for people to know that mortgages are excluded. And you said student loans, because I know people listening in will be like, oh my gosh, like I'll never reach there because I have this mortgage. So that's good to know. And so Jamila, I know you took the personal financial identity quiz and I wanted to hear your results and you know, any other insights that you might have in terms of your spending and saving and investment philosophy around this personal financial identity? Did it really align with what you thought the results would be? You said I was a maximalist. Splurge. I splurge on like maybe bigger things, like on a day-to-day, like I'm kind of very practical. And like some of my friends, like, you know, they'd be like, why don't you like buy like you don't buy anything for yourself. Like you had these jeans for years or these Uggs need to go. Like you've had them for like 10 years. Like, so in a way I'm very kind of simple. I'm a simple girl in that way where I don't need a lot. And I'm lazy in a sense where it's just like, I don't even like shopping, but there are things when it comes to investing in myself, like, or like a home or where I live or my kids, like I don't want, it's not that I just spare no expense, but I'm still practical in a way, but I will spend or tend to spend where I see the value in that. So for me, one of the things I talked about on this episode that you are talking about, we're redoing our basement. And this basement renovation is definitely costing more than I thought it would. Like it's double what I thought it would come out to. But in a way, I'm not even mad at it because I appreciate and I know how much joy that having a finished basement like will add to our lives. And so that is like maybe someone else, if they knew how much we were like spending on the basement, like someone asked me the other day, like, are you renovating your house? I'm like, no, just our basement would be like, oh, that's crazy. But for me, it's just like, we're here already and we might as well make the best of it. And if we're going to spend this much, let's make it what we want kind of thing. And so I feel like as I'm getting older and more secure with my money, I'm realizing that I do want to spend it in a way that feels good. So vacations, our home, but that's the kind of places I want us to honor our kids. Like, that's where I want to spend money. Um, so in a way I do, I agree with you in terms of like risk-taking in certain areas, but I feel like on the everyday things, I'm really simple and, and don't like spending too much money on certain things. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I completely agree. I listened to your response and I can see even some of my own spending decisions and even why, you know, even when I wrote Holistic Wealth, I was thinking about some of those things. I remember when my husband died and you know the story, like he died very suddenly. And he was really young, like he was 34. And I thought, you know what? Like it, life isn't just about reaching some financial independence goal at some age. 
and be like, yeah, I'm a millionaire or like, yeah, I am this. It's about, you know, that quality time. It's about really living authentically. It's about caring about and spending time with your loved ones. And so even, you know, this discussion now, of you know, people thinking about their spending decisions and their money. I think that's something to keep in mind as well, that we, we never know what life will bring and we never know where life will take us. So I think one of the best things that we can do, especially in this time of uncertainty, is, is to definitely embrace those aspects of our life that really add to us, like really add to our holistic wealth bank accounts. And so Jamila, it was great having you here. And where can people find you on social media and the website? Yes. Yeah, so wherever you listen to this podcast, you can listen to the Journey to Launch podcast. Uh, and then also I'm on social media at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then my website is journeytolaunch.com. Okay, perfect. So once again, thank you so much for sharing your journey. And it's amazing that um, we could have you here and, and definitely for certain, you know, enjoying the journey is also one of the things that we all should do, right? In our everyday life. So thank you so much for being here, Jamila. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on Holistic Wealth with Keisha Blair. Make sure to visit our website, KeishaBlair.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Are you a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to choose your membership plan and join. As a member, you get so many perks, free worksheets, advice, coaching, and a member's workshop to design an intentionally designed life. You need to figure out your life purpose? Take the Build Your Life Purpose Portfolio online self-paced course. You're struggling with all your money decisions? Take the free financial identities quiz and then take the course. You recently had a breakup, job loss, or experienced the death of a loved one? Take the holistic healing course. You need an overall plan to achieve holistic wealth? We will help you figure out your holistic wealth blueprint. And of course, if you want to start making money by helping others achieve holistic wealth, become a certified holistic wealth consultant. Regardless of what career you've got, the Institute will show you how to increase your income and walk in your purpose. The sooner you join, the sooner you start to achieve a more holistically wealthy lifestyle. And you're going to want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award-winning, best-selling Holistic Wealth 32 Life Lessons to Help You Find Purpose, Prosperity, and Happiness. 